All right. Good morning, Dorisville. You guys glad to be here? Yeah. I'm telling you what. I'm going to tell you right now something. We had a, a better than average crowd in early church, and we got a better than average crowd this morning. We are so glad that you are guys. You guys are with us, and our Facebook crowd and the ones listening on the radio. Thank all of you all for being here. And I pray when we are done, we can all go whoo, shoot that thing. It was good to be in the house of the Lord. <laughs> Amen. Really was. Hey, before I get jump into the sermon, we got some special friends here sitting right back here. See all these old gray-haired people? Yeah. <laughs> they. We have known these folks for oh, probably thirty years, uh, going back to our way back to our Cobden days, and they just popped in and surprised us, and we're glad to have them. This is Vermel and Huck on this side, and this is Dwayne and Thelma on this side, and again, they're from down by Cobden Way, and we are so glad to have you guys. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> Lowell walked up, and again, I know Lowell quite well, and, uh, you know, he walked up with his mask on, I said, who are you? <laughs> hey, hey, Dwayne, I said, who are you? Now, have you noticed that? Seriously, you know, like in, you know, in Sam's, I told you, I was walking down the aisle, and this lady come toward me, you know, I said, hi, Brother Dwayne, I said, hi, and she could tell that I didn't know who she was, she goes, this is Charlie Girl. I said, oh, Charlie Franks. And I said, oh, and we had a little chat then. But, you know, I'm sure I've just, like, some women probably thought I was flirting with them. I'm in Walmart just being just as nice, thinking I knew them, but didn't. And then the other way around, there are women, women and guys that I think I should know and don't. And so the mass thing is, like, a little confusing um, sometimes. But like I say, the good news is it hides your bad breath so you're in great shape. You know, always, always find something to be thankful for, okay, no matter what. Hey, listen, today is our last sermon in the, in the series Old School and New School. And let's just kind of go over since it's the last one. And by the way, next week we start a four-week series on, on I Love Lucy. So should be sure and come back uh, for that one. But anyway, so we start out with Old School. And, and what that kind of does is it looks back on 2020 and at some things that were revealed to us in 2020. Um, you know, 2020 was a revealing year and perhaps in our character and our faith and things that really matter, and it really revealed some things. One of the big questions we asked in week number two was, how did you and God do um, during 2020? Be honest, how did you do in 2020 with God? How did your faith do in 2020 um, with God? So, so we had things that were revealed, and then we launched into 2021 with the idea of new school and those flaws that revealed that we wish were better, perhaps. Okay, how are we going to resolve those issues into the future? So that was the idea, and we've gone you know, five weeks. We started out with God in us, and we found out God was consistent. God was a constant. And then we looked at us with God, and that's the week we asked the difficult question. Okay, really, how did I do with God this year? Did I trust God? Did I believe God? Okay, then we talked about God in the church during COVID, because it's been a challenge uh, throughout this past year. And guess what? It'll probably be a challenge into 2021. And then Brent, Brother Brent last week, talked about God in our culture. And today, we want to talk about God in our future. What does the future possibly look like? And we don't know the future, do we? We have no idea. You don't know personally. You know, James said, you who say, you know, I'm going here or there and going to do this and that. James says, you don't have a clue. We do not know what 2021 looks like. But fortunately, 
We have a God who does. Amen? We have a God who does, and that's what we're going to rely and lean on. So to kick off this thought, and this is a little bit different sermon, I can tell you that. Uh, you're going to notice it's just a little bit different. Um, you might want to call this a, a stay of the church message kind of thing. But I really want to look at where we are, where we were, and where we're possibly going in 2021 because it's such a great challenge. I think it's important uh, we have a little bit of a vision about where God might lead us lead us in 2021. Just beautifully important. So we need a scripture to jump off, okay? And there's one psalm that was written by an old guy named Moses, okay? Of all people, Moses. And so, so he apparently wrote this psalm and it was carried forward and recorded for us. It's Psalm 90 um, in the book of Psalm. So by the way, would you go ahead and get your, your worship event out, okay? Your your version app, get the worship event, Click on there, and you'll have all the notes and sermons that you need, all the notes and uh, graphics that you need there, okay? So, so Moses comes along, and he writes this incredible psalm that teaches us about God and teaches us an important truth. The whole psalm is good. I hope you'll go back and look at that. But let's look at, first off, with Psalm 90, verse 1. Psalm 90, verse 1. And here's what, here's what Moses says. Lord, Lord, through all the generations, you have been our home. Now, some translations say it's the same thing. Uh, Lord, through all the generations, you have been our dwelling place. You have been our dwelling place. So, so what Moses is saying, you know, Lord, if I look over here, the people that knew you over here through those generations, you know, you were home to them. You're a abiding place for them. And, and Lord, if I look around me right here in my present, you know what, Lord? You are our dwelling place. You are our home. And, and we have the confident assurance, God, that even as we look into the future, you're going to be our home still. I said, wow, that is so powerful. You, you know the, the sayings, you know, they've got a couple of sayings, you know, there's no place like home. There's no place like home. I want to tell you, as, as a minister of the gospel, but also as a, from personal experience, as a believer since 1975, I had a lot of religion before that, but I got Jesus in 1975. And I want to tell you, there's no place like home. When, when, you're home, when your home is God, there's no place like home. There's no greater joy than knowing God personally. And all that's made possible by the man who died on a cross similar to this one. You know, the Bible says, and we all know the verse because we learned it in Sunday school, but, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have it last night. It's so refreshing to know there's not a giant scale that if somehow we do good enough, that we get in, okay? It's all based on our faith in what Jesus Christ did. All other religions are do, 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 and ours is based on done, what Jesus Christ did on the cross. There is no place like home, and home is where the heart is. Home is where the heart is. You see, once we trust Jesus Christ as Savior, and he makes his home with us, that's very biblical, he makes our home with us, we need to understand, you know, where our heart is. Home is where the heart is. You know, Jesus said that our mouth reveals, our mouth reveals what's in our heart, what's in our heart. And so we need to examine today and coming days, we need to examine, you know, where our heart is, you know, you know, Jesus said you, you can know where your heart is because that's where your treasure is. So, so look at the things that are most valuable to you, and that's where your heart's going to be. Is it in your wallet? Is it in your prestige, your title, your job? Is it, you know, is it high schoolers and, and middle schoolers? Is it the positions you hold at school? Everybody thinks you're cool? Is that where it is? You know, because Jesus says that's where your heart is. Your heart's going to follow your treasure. So you've got to ask yourself, you know, where is your heart? 
and there's no place like home, and home is where the heart is. Well, he goes on in verse number 2, and he says this, Before the mountains were born, before you gave birth to the earth and the world, from beginning to end, you are God. And I just see Moses doing this. You know, he's writing this, and he's trying to put into, you know, put into words God. Okay? So, so he thinks about it, and like, say, Brother Brent mentioned last week, the mountains, you know. And perhaps he's sitting there, and he's looking, and he sees this majestic mountain. And he comes into mind. He says, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, you know, before the mountains were born, the mountains were so majestic before they were born. Well, that's you. And then he goes, no, wait, wait, wait. That's just not big enough. That's just not big enough. And, and then he goes, before you gave birth to the earth and the world. That's bigger, he says. You know, the mountains weren't big enough, but you know what? Before, hey God, before you made the earth and the world. Now that's big. But you know what he said? Still not big enough. Still not big enough. So, so he writes finally in the third thing, from beginning to end, you are God. So finally Moses settles on this. You know, if somehow we could go out that garage door and keep running forever, we would never find the beginning of God because he has no beginning. And, and if we could open up the chair storage doors, go right through the wall because we're Superman, go right through the wall and keep running into the future, we'd never find the end of God. So, so no matter how far you go in eternity past, there is God. And no matter how far you go in eternity future, there is God. That's the massiveness of the God that we serve. And that puts everything in perspective for 2020 and 2021. That we have this incredible, awesome God who is for us. Amen. Somebody say amen. He is for us and not against us. So finally, we skip down to verse number 12. And this is just so good. It's a perfect setup for what we want to teach today. So Moses says, finally in verse 12, teach us to number our days carefully. In other words, Help us to carefully analyze every single day. You know, the Bible says that this is the day that the Lord hath made. We shall rejoice and be exceedingly glad. Have you ever thought about that? How important that is? So Moses is saying, Lord, teach us that, that we can number our days. Help us to analyze and realize that every day, every day is a gift from you. Help us to know that. Help us analyze that carefully. You know, Paul would later write in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse number 18, you know, he would write and say, be careful how you walk. Be careful how you walk. Redeeming the time. Analyzing the time. Using the time carefully. Carefully. Because the days are evil. These days were difficult. These days are difficult. Probably, probably the future is going to be difficult. Because of the sway and turn of culture. Okay, so it's important we redeem the time. It's important, Lord, to teach us to number carefully the days. So we find ourselves then on this prefaces of what we call the future. The future. You know, what does the future look like for us as individuals? And what does the future look like for us as a corporate body of believers? Well, I came up with the phrase, seeking true north. Seeking true north. And the key phrase there is, where do we go from here? You know, the idea of true north. You remember Mike Fisher wrote that song, True North? You know, you know, the idea is centering, focusing, seeking God. And so the question then is, where do we go from here? Now, n- not where do we go from there, 
Or not where do we go from somewhere in the future, but right here, right now. Where do we go from right here? You know, every church that I know of has a story to tell. Our story is really a pretty good one. Um, You know, as you know, last March, um, we stopped having church for 10 weeks. I still can't believe that. Can you believe that, Brent? 10 weeks, we had no church. And finally, the last Sunday in May, uh, we started having church again. And we've seen, you know, some pretty crazy numbers. Um, Pre-COVID, we were bumping 300 and often over 300. And uh, I remember back in a couple of Sundays, we had 50 people in church. And we had a few more watching on, on Facebook. But bottom line was, there were low numbers. And so, so the bottom line now are here. Where do you go from here to here now? I'm glad to report to you. Last week we had 184 people here. And I'm pretty sure we're going to say, yeah, go ahead. Amen. Here's the deal. See, here's the deal. Churches everywhere. This is not a Doorsville deal. This is a church deal. This is a church. Again, my son-in-law's church still has not met since last March. And he was larger than us. Okay, the second largest church I know of in America, okay, ran 30,000 people on different campuses, still isn't having church. So the fact we're here today and the fact that we've seen such progression up to 184 is very, very encouraging. But here's the bottom line. We're still about 100 shy. If you go at pre-COVID, there's 100 seats today that are not filled, Okay. Are some of those people going to come back still? Yeah. But I need to tell you, remember what Tom Rainer said? 20 to 30% will never come back to church. 60 to 90 people that used to go here won't go here or anywhere else. Not, they're not mad at God. They're not mad at us. They just kind of got out of the habit. So, so that's the picture of seats in the seats. One of the big... Judges that we use of the health of a church. And that is a poor judge of the health of a church. And then there's the budget. Dorisville has a record, has a legacy of incredible giving. Incredible giving. You know, uh, we lead the state in several categories. Annie Armstrong, Lottie Moon, top five. You know, world hunger, number one. That is great legacy. That was pre-COVID. So what's it going to look like now? Don't know. I can tell you this, you guys approved a budget back in December that was $84,000 less than the year before. $84,000. And truth be known, we may have to adjust it, not up, down. We don't know. So my wife asked me, she said, Dwayne, is that a Debbie Downer? No! It's not. You know why? See, there's not as many seats in the seats. And there's not as many dollars in the offering plate, but we got the same God. See, see <coughs> excuse me. If we're, if we're counting on seats in the seat, woo, we got our priorities messed up. And, and, and if we're counting on dollars in the plate, oh, we got our priorities messed up. But we got the same God. And our God, and our God is so big, you, Bree, you can go as far as you want to that way and then find his beginning. And you can go as far as you want to that way and you can't find his end. And that's our God. That's our God. Dwayne, are you concerned? Not at all. Because again, we need to put our faith and our trust in God. Now what we want to do today for just a few moments is we want to look around. We, we want to look in the mirror, if you will. Um, how many of y'all had gone? I think they still have department stores. I know J.C. Penney's still around. 
And you know, you used to try on a pair of pants or ladies, you try on a dress or something. And you'd go into the fitting room and then they had this mirror and the mirror would be here and the mirror would be here. And then usually they had a mirror behind you so you could look in this mirror and see the backside. And the idea was you got to see how you looked in the mirror. So you glance over here and you see this side. You glance over here and look at this side. You look at the front. Then you look back and beyond and see the back side. You got to see. Well, what does Dorsville look like as we look around? What is the look in the mirror? Well, the first thing I want to look at is prayer. Prayer. So, so what does prayer look like in Dorsville? Well, first off, let me say this before I forget to say it. And that is prayer needs to be a crucial cog in our will um, for 2021. We need to do a better job at praying than we did. But we have seen and we have made priority. We make time to pray for our missionaries during Lottie Moon and Annie Armstrong and those different activities and different offerings. We make time to pray. Um, I know our WMU ladies pray for the missionary of the day. They have their Mission Mosaic magazine and they pray. And we have personally experienced prayer in several big ways. Uh, one was back in Niger and, in Niger, and I think it was probably like 2007 and 2008. And there were four guys over there. We were over there doing our second mission trip. We had the, the vision trip, and then we had Niger, the trip. And we were over there uh, going to feed some folks. And so we get there, and we have the privilege of meeting the, the chief, you know, of the village. You do that. You kind of meet and greet them, you know. And we're sitting there, and we're saying, okay, chief, you know, thank you for letting us come to the village and stuff. Is there anything we could do? Here's what he said. Can you pray? Can you pray for rain? He said, we're in a drought, and we haven't seen rain for months. We haven't seen rain for months. And it may have been longer than months. And I think it was Tim Darty said, yes, sir, we can pray. And we'll, we'll pray right now, and we will pray later tonight, and we will call home on a sat phone, and we will tell our people to pray. And we did. And, we did. and y'all got to see, some of y'all in this room got to see what we didn't see. Because long about midnight, which would be like 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon back here, long about midnight in this year, the wind started blowing. And it woke us up. And then, and then we heard the sound of a distant thunder, as Max Lucado said in his book. And then all of a sudden, it began to rain. And it rained, and I hope you can see this on the screen. That's what Najir looked like before we got there, before God did his thing. And that picture on the right is dry, caked ground. That's what it looked like. And that night, I can still see Dave Winkleman out dancing in the rain, woo, with his hands in the air. And all of us were dancing in our hearts. And, of course, what we didn't know, you had watched this little storm, this little storm, kind of like the one Elijah had. This little storm just explode right over Abelok as God brought the rain. And before it was all said and done, three inches of rain fell in Abelok. Somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say miracle. <laughs> yeah. And so you see this picture on the left. Again, assuming you can see it there. You know, those are not lakes. Those are mud puddles. Those were not there before God sent the rain. And how did that happen? It happened because God heard the prayers of his people, okay, and then God sent the rain. So prayer is hugely important. So if I was taking notes, I would make sure I wrote down, we need to pray in 2021. We need to pray. And not, you know, I'm not talking about, you know, what Greg Rochelle calls them as dangerous prayers. That was a dangerous prayer. Because the bottom line, 
you know, we're running a risk because what if the chief had said, I, I thought you were going to pray for rain. Yeah, we did, but God didn't do it. This time he did. We, we stepped out on faith. You stepped out on faith, and we prayed, and God did his thing. You know, the second thing is giving. The second thing is giving. You know, again, Dorsville has this incredible legacy of two things, actually, you know, of supporting the local ministries here, um, but also, you know, the admission offerings. Again, it's just incredible what you guys have done. And here's the deal. Uh, again, I'm, I don't know what you can see. I know your picture's bigger than mine. Um, but that, that's a picture of, see Ben Franklin? I like Ben. He's a nice guy. One of my favorite people. Anyway, but right next to that is an offering envelope. And on that says, my offering for the ministries of Dorsville Baptist Church because every person matters. That's our tagline here at Dorsville. Because every person matters. We believe that the gospel needs to be shared with every single person. And every person matters. So important. I need to tell you another interpretation of that now. You know, the bottom line is, like never before, every person matters in giving. In giving. Um, I really hope that you'll be praying what you can do in 2021. I'm not worried about the budget. But I really want to make sure missions are funded. There are missionaries who are counting on us. And there are local missions that are counting on us. So it's important that the best we can, God, what do you want us to do? Will there be fewer givers? Yeah, probably there will be. So will there be fewer dollars in these crazy days when people lose their jobs? Yeah, there are. So we've got to be sure that we, God, how can I give during the year 2021? What would you have me uh, to do? And And then we have doing. We have doing. And doing speaks of Jerusalem. Doing speaks of what we do right here. Um, it's wonderful and it's a good thing that we go to Africa and Nicaragua. And we, some have been to China. We've been to the Philippines. We've been all over different places. Niger, Mali. We've been all over. But our first and primary mission field is Harrisburg, Illinois. Amen? It is. Yes, it is. Our first mission is Harrisburg. And I want you to know something. It's really cool. The mission goes on. The mission goes on. Um, again, I'm going to help you just in case you can't see. But the top one up there in the left hand, my left, my right, excuse me, you know, is Operation Christmas Child. This church, again, get almost as many boxes as we did last year pre-COVID. COVID. And again, if you're not sure, with, I don't have time to explain, but if you're not familiar with Operation Christmas Child, see us afterward and we'll share with you, okay? And, and we still took 17 people, Judy, to Atlanta to help, uh, help the boxes distribution center there. So missions were still going on. Um, over here is global hunger. And I'm not sure what our offering was this year, but it wasn't unusual for us to give over $20,000. It may have been 10000 during COVID. I don't know, but a chunk of money went to help people with wells and water around the world. Now, we didn't get to do Sunday in the Park, okay, because of COVID, um, but we're looking forward to doing it this fall, this year. And over here is disaster relief. And guess what? We've had teams go out. We've had teams go out. The Baptist men are busy. They're working, helping people in need. And there was another slide we couldn't put up there. But did you know in two weeks, in two weeks, in two weeks, 21 families are going to receive a week's worth of groceries. They're going to line up here, and we're going to carry the groceries out to their car, put them in. Judy or someone's going to pray with them, ask them anything else we can pray with them about. It's going to happen uh, February 9th and February 10th. It's going to, it's going to happen. You know, you know, back to school. Back to school is going to happen in August one way or the other. Oh, did, did you know, by the way, that even though we couldn't do it like we used to do it at Dorsfield, we may hopefully do it this year, 
But last year, we gave $2,500 to a local ministry who could do it. Did you know we gave away three to 400 pairs of shoes to that ministry? Because you see, it's not about Dorisville getting the glory. It's about God getting the glory. And we could glorify God by giving them money and giving them shoes. Amen? Do you see? Do you see? So, yeah, there's praying going on. Uh, there's, there's giving going on. There's doing going on. And bless God, one day, hopefully, there'll be going going on. We are hoping that this this fall, uh, this summer, we can go back to Uganda and share. And perhaps some other trips also. It's a challenging time for us. We've been going to Uganda now for about six or seven years. And it's always in January. And we always leave on Martin Luther King Day. And Martin Luther King Day came, Brent, and you weren't skiing and we weren't in Africa. It was different. And we thought about it. I saw Tim. We were having uh, dinner, uh, breakfast. And uh, I said, hey, Tim, do you realize? Yeah, we prayed about it. You know, Tim and Ben were praying about it. We all thought about it. And this would be our first Sunday back. We would have got back Friday late, and then we would have had this Sunday. And we'd be all excited about Africa. Well, listen, guess what? I'm still excited about Africa because I just know, I just know, I just know. He's going to open it up. That's part of normalcy. That's coming back. Don't lose hope. Don't you dare think that our best days are behind us. Our best days are before us. Are before us. Now, here's the deal. There's all this to do. How many of y'all like M&M's? Yeah, the rest of you liars. Okay. All right. Everybody likes M&M's. Okay. Now, I can't eat many right now because I'm doing the diabetic thing, you know. Um, but you know what? M&M comes in so many flavors. You know, it used to be plain and peanuts. And then they just went nuts. There's coconut and there's mint and there's all these different kinds of M&M's. And here's the deal. No one needs to eat all the M&M's, but we need to choose a flavor. And here's what I want you to hear. If you're a regular attender or a member at Dorsville Baptist Church, you need to have some M&M's, okay? You don't need to do everything, but you need to do something. You don't need to do everything, but you do need to do something. So find your flavor. Is it going to be back to school? Is it going to be helping with the blessing baskets next week? You know, what's it going to be? Find a place where you can plug in. You choose the flavor because there's lots to choose from. But make sure you have your handful of M&Ms. All right? Now, during this time also, we're discovering another thing. And that is the old and the new. This is a time, if you will, of relaunching, okay? As we stand on this prefaces of whatever's new, whatever the future holds, we have this incredible opportunity to look at what we've done and maybe what do we need to do. So there is old and there is new, and we have to choose what we're going to do. Now, one thing I know, I'm not a farmer, okay? But my friend Danny's right over there, and he'll confirm what I'm about to say. You know, if you plant corn, what are you going to get? Corn, that's right. If you plant, if you plant wheat, you're going to get wheat. You can't, you can't plant corn and expect to get tomatoes. You'll be disappointed every single time. So we're at this place in our ministry now, where we have things that we have done in the past, and perhaps some things we need to do in the future. And then we've got to weigh and see, God. Listen, God, what do you want us to do? What do you want us to do with the old and with? The new. Because can we be candid? Some of the things perhaps we did didn't have a very good harvest. We were putting a lot of energy into it, okay? But it really wasn't producing much of a harvest. So maybe that's something that we need to reevaluate, all right? Or maybe over here there's something that did produce harvest, and you say, you know what? We just need to keep doing that. Now, you know, 
Someone said, one of those Greek guys that I can't pronounce her name and won't embarrass myself by trying, okay, said the only thing constant in life is change. But change is difficult, isn't it? Our, our natural propensity is to go back to what was. We want to go back to what was. You know, how many of y'all are familiar with Neil Sedaka? Yeah, how many of y'all? You know, see, I'm from the era that had new music, good music, the music. That 80s stuff and 90s stuff and where they call it today, they all want to, that's just wannabes. We had the 60s and the 70s. And Neil Sadaka, Neil Sadaka said, listen, breaking up is hard to do. They say that breaking up is hard to do. And it is. And it is. And he goes on to say, and now I know, I know that is true. COVID has forced us to look, and it's hard. We know it's true, but what do we need to break up with, and what do we need to keep going steady with? That's, what's going to, that's what the future looks like. That's what we need to decide. That's what we need wisdom about. Teach us to number our days, Lord, so we'll know what to do, so we can have a heart of wisdom. And then, and then Jesus comes along and talks about rock and sand. Rock and sand. You know, here's the, you're familiar with this, okay? He told this parable. He said, you know, there was a guy, there was a guy, and he built a house, and he built his house on rock. Had a good foundation. And so, and so the wind came and the rain come, came and all of that came. And boy, the, the house stood firm because it was built on the rock. And, and what made it the rock was they heard and did. Heard and did. But over here, over here you've got a house. And this guy, this guy put his house on the sand. And Sam was, he heard but didn't do. Heard but didn't do. And so he built his house on the sand. And the wind came and the rain come came and washed the house and collapsed. Now, what we got aside in 2021 and the years following, are we going to build our house, our church on sand, what we want, or are we going to seek what God wants and do that? That's our choice. That's our decision that we have to face. Rock or sand, old and new. Now, before we can conquer any of that and tackle any of that, uh, we got to have a right mindset. Okay? In other words, you know, before we can mobilize, we have to mentalize. You know, Trey said, Brother Dwayne, that was a good sermon. He said, we need to make up some words like Brent. I said, I did mentalize. Check it out. It's not in the Bible. He goes, that's not, it sounds good, doesn't it? It's not, yeah, it's not a word. I made it up. But before we can mobilize for the future, before we can get geared up and do what God has for us in the future, we got to mentalize. We got to get our head and our heart in the game. You know, there's a guy, I'm not a soccer guy, but I do know one of the greatest players of the game is a guy named Pele. Pele. He prayed for the Brazilian team. And, and someone asked him, how do you get your head in the game? How do you get your head in the game? He goes, well, I do this. He said, I go to the locker room and find a corner all to myself. I lay down on the floor. I put a pillow beneath my head and I put a pillow over my face. Kind of weird. That's what he does. He goes, then I flash back. He goes, I go back to the time when I was a kid and I played soccer on the beach and the reason I go back there is I loved the game. The only reason I played soccer was I loved the game. He goes, and then I go back and I play like a newsreel of past professional games. I I think about the games and the plays when it just seemed to go right. I think about the time I did the bicycle kick and it worked. I think about all those times I did that. And then, he said, I start thinking about today's game. I start thinking about how would I like 
to see the performance go today? How would I like to play on the field today? He goes, and then I get up, I join my team. And in my mind, I've already played the game. I just go out simply and do it. So here's the deal. We have got to get, if we, if we want God to use us, if we want God to use us in a great way in 2021, okay, then we've got one, we've got to get our head in the game. Mentally, we've got to be prepared. Mentally, we've got to be sold out to Jesus. But as much, no, 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 more important is we've got to get our heart in the game. We've got to get our heart in the game. Now, here's the deal. Our heart for the mission, our heart for the mission matters more than anything else. Our heart for the mission matters more than anything else. You know, if you, as a, as a leader, as a leader, as a leader, if you would say, Dwayne, I'm going to give you three choices. You can have all the money you can imagine for ministry at Dorsville Baptist Church. Or, not and, or you can have... A thousand people, two services, this room almost full. Or you can have 200 people with their heart totally sold out to Jesus. What's your choice? What do you think? 200 people with their hearts sold out. You see, here's the deal. You know, if we will ask God, if we'll ask God, hey, God, give us a heart. Give us a heart for Harrisburg. Give us a heart, Lord, for Illinois. Give us a heart for this country that so desperately needs you. God, give us a heart for America. And God, give us a heart for the nations. If we'll ask God for the heart, everything else is going to fall into place. I believe that with all my heart. With all my heart. God, give us, give Dorsville the heart, and then everything else. So, didn't that, isn't that what he said in Matthew 6, 33? Did he say something like, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you? Did he say that? Do we believe that? Do we believe that? We preachers just don't get it right. We worry about stinking seats in the seat. And everybody, every preacher wants, you know, how many do you have in Sunday school? 300. How many do you have in worship? 400. Every, every pastor wants seats in the seat. Every pastor loves the, the freedom of not having the pressure of the budget dollars. But I'm telling you, the most important thing is God sending revival into our hearts. And us saying, God, we want one thing, and that's for you to be glorified in all things. You know, I know things, I think sometimes, and it's, again, all this is not Dorsville, it's churches in general. But it's not uncommon for people to think that people have agendas. Well, again, I can't speak for Brent. I think I could speak for Brent. Um, I can't speak for David. I think I could speak for David. But I'm the guy on the stage, so I can speak for me. We don't have agendas. We do not have an agenda. Well, that's not totally true. But my heart, I can look you dead in the eye and tell you this. The only agenda I got is God's agenda. I want God, I want God to be glorified. I want God to be big. I, I, want, I want when people speak of Dorsville, I want them to say not how much money or this or that, that they have a heart for God. Amen. They have a heart for the lost. They have a heart for the gospel of Jesus Christ around this world. That's what should matter. And that's what we need. 
I would pray that we would seek that throughout 2021. God, your heart. God, your heart. You know, David wrote a psalm, Psalm 139. It's a beautiful psalm. But in the midst, that's the one, remember, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. That's the psalm. David says, search me, O God. You know, can you imagine a police officer comes and knocks on your door and says, yes, I'd like to search your house. And, and depending on who you are and where you are, you might say, well, do you have a search warrant? But particularly, if you got something you don't want anything to find, you might want to say, well, do you have a search warrant? If they have a search warrant, you have to let them in. If not, well, I'd just prefer you not come in. Search me. And, and the psalmist is saying, okay, God, you've got the right I, I am giving you permission to look into my heart. I'm giving you permission to look into my heart. Search me, O oh God, and know my heart. God, examine us. Why do we do what we do? Why do we do what we do? Why do we act the way we act? What do we, how do we speak what we speak? Search me and know my heart. And he says this, look, test me. And know my concerns. See, the question is, in 2020, what concerns you? And probably the question is, are the things that concerned you things that should have concerned you? Did the the COVID mess mess with our heads and our hearts so much that we started worrying about things we shouldn't even have been worried about? I mean, did we get so busy trying to make everybody happy we forgot there are lost people dying every day and going to a Christless hell? The great danger, the great danger of COVID is the focus. Our brother Jeremy spoke about it last week in, in the uh, breakfast thing. He, he, he candidly said, I lost my focus. I love this part. He didn't share this part. We, we, we chat quite candidly once a week. And we'd had an honest conversation the week before. And so he wrote me one day and said, I spent the afternoon in the Word. I found the problem. I had a revelation. I found the problem. I stopped focusing on God and focused on everything else. There's power in that. There's power in that. Test me and know my concerns. And then see if there's any offensive way. Boy, that's that's a hard prayer. See if there's any offensive way in me. God, is there a little jealousy because the pastor across town has more people than I? That his life might be easier? Hey, God, hey, God, am I jealous because their life, they have more toys than I do? Hey, God, am I jealous because they make more than I do? Hey, God, am I angry and bitter at someone because of this? Hey, God, am I wrestling with unforgiveness here? See, God, hey, God, come in and check. And here's what I want you to check. I want you to see if there's any contraband. See if there's anything offensive in me. And then, Lord, after we, after we dealt with the contraband, then I want you to lead me into the way everlasting. I want you to lead into the way everlasting. Isn't that a great prayer? Yeah. Sometimes, I know, I know the reality check. Some of y'all, we talk about church and stuff, and church is a part of your life, but... Maybe not as deep as it is with me as the pastor, but you know, church is a deal. Can you imagine the impact of that verse with your marriage? Can you imagine the impact 
of that verse as a parent? Hey, kids, can you imagine that impact of that verse dealing with your parents? It's huge. See, think bigger than just church. Think our lives. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there's any offensive way. And after we dealt with that, would you be so kind as to lead me in the everlasting way? That's strong. So what are we going to do with 2021? Truth is, we don't know, do we? But I think it would be a wonderful thing for us to be prayer warriors, be praying, God, God, would you, well, you got to pray for the pastors. What do you think, Brent? Dave, somewhere in here, you know, you know, there he is. You know, I, your pastors covet your prayers. I mean, again, it's just not these three, pastor after pastor after pastor, are talking about how difficult it was to lead through this. And we need your prayers for wisdom that we might do not what pleases you, but what pleases God. And that to coincide, that's great. But if they don't, we've got to seek God. And sometimes that's hard. It's easier to please people sometimes than to please God. But he's the one that counts. He's the one that counts. So pray for your, pray for your pastors. Pray for our church. Again, I'm, I want to say it emphatically. Are you listening to me? Don't look around. Look at me. Our best days are before us. Don't you believe the lie from hell that the church has done. Not this church and not the church. I'm telling you what, I wrote to somebody last night and I wrote and quoted Ephesians chapter 6. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Your enemy is not a man. Your enemy is Satan. And we've got to be ready for battle. Ready for battle against Satan. Against the devil. Spiritual forces of darkness. We've got to be ready. So let me close with a question. Um, Recently, because I need to get back on the treadmill... And I did. I said, well, let me watch old Andy Stanley. I haven't watched him in a long time. And so I've been watching him five days a week, <laughs> you know. And uh, this is not even something that came up. But in 2013, I think it was, he, he made this quote. He said this quote. It's kind of famous with him. People who know Andy Stanley know this quote. And here's what it is. I'll read it so I get it right. You know, in light, in light, now, by the way, this is a, a singular you, 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 but it's a plural you. It's all of us as a corporate body, as Christ. Um, in light of your past experience and your present circumstance and your future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? Okay, that's worth the price of admission. I mean, some of you kids are deciding what to do with your lives. What a great question. Some of you trying to decide, do you want to have an affair? <laughs> That's a wise question. Some of you trying to say, do you want to stay in your marriage out of your marriage? That's a wise question. Some of y'all trying to decide, do you want to change careers? <laughs> Some of y'all trying to decide, do you want to change churches? Okay. In light of your past experiences, your present circumstances, and your future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing to do? And that's what we need to pray for Dorisville. Okay, God, we, we know our past. It's a, it's a great past. 
And God, we know the present circumstances. And Lord, I know as pastor, I love, I know where I would love to see the church go. And Brent, yes, and David, yes, and maybe you too. But in view of that, what is the wise thing for us to do? Lord, count us to num- teach us to number our days. Why? So we can have a heart of wisdom. A heart of wisdom. Would you bow your heads, please? So, you know, at the very beginning of the message, I talked about Jesus. That's the most important decision of your life. And if you're here today and maybe just came in, you know, you're here, or maybe you're on Facebook, um, maybe you're listening on the radio and you kind of popped in, you know, I'm just telling you, as a guy who's known Jesus for like 46 years, um, I'm just telling you, he's the real deal. He is a game changer. He has walked with me through good times and bad times. He's never left me deserted. Now, listen, I'm not talking about religion. I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about being a certain denomination. I am talking about relationship with the living creator of God. And we would love to tell you how that can happen in your life. You know, all it involves is believing and turning. Believing in Christ and turning from your sin and choosing to follow him. We would love to share that with you. And maybe you're here today, and I'm, a lot of us are Christ followers. We are. Now we need to ask that question. Okay, God, in, in view of my past experiences, my, my present circumstances, and my future hopes and dreams, God, what do I need to do? How do I need to leave my family? How do I need to leave me in the coming days? Lord, teach me, show me what to do. And you know what? He will. God, thank you very much for the privilege that's mine to share these truths today. I want to thank you for every person who came out. And God, I want to thank you for this incredible church. Lord Jesus, I'm excited about what you're going to do in Dorisville in the coming days, weeks, months, and years. Thank you that our best days, the best days of the church as a whole, are before us and not behind us. So we're going to pray, God, that we'll be submissive to you in all things. And Jesus, I pray this in your precious name. Amen.